Hey guys, Austin Ryan was my guest this week. Austin is a local musician who's been performing in a few bands, but is now recording some solo work as No Lungs. Uh, he already has two full-length albums available online now, uh, and a third is on the way in the next few months, from what I understand. Uh, so we talk a little bit about how kind of the new media landscape lends itself to people who want to create in that way, and how kind of how it's different from what the traditional routes have been, and what the pros and cons really are to it. Uh, so Austin's a really fun guy to to talk with. He's very honest, you know, with how he came at the spot he's at now. Uh, we uh, we got along pretty well, I think. I'm, I'm glad that he uh, reached out to me, and we sat down, and had a cup at the coffee shop, and I hope you will enjoy the chat we had. Starving Artist Phoenix. I'm Tony Machete. I've got Austin Ryan with me. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks. So, Austin, I, I was really excited to, to hear about what you were doing, basically, just with the whole DIY feel of it. Um, looking up, like, the Will Toledo and stuff. I know you said it was a big influence on you. I can see that already putting out two albums within, what, Couple four or five months, five yeah. months. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. So let's let's jump back a little bit. So before No Lungs, you were playing as a drummer in a few different bands. So yeah. um, how did you get started in that? In uh, the, the other bands? Other people, yeah, yeah um, drums were my first instrument, and I've been playing them since I was a kid. Um, I started out drumming in a couple bands in high school, but um, it wasn't until college that I was in a band that I felt was really stable, I suppose. What, what was the difference? Like, what made you feel like that? Yeah, so the band I was in, we... It was kind of it was kind of like a weird thing. In high school, I was in pretty much the same type of band with the same type of person. And I feel like we just kind of grew as people, and we grew kind of knowing what broke that first band up, to know that the second time around, we're going to do things a little better, and we're going to work this out, you know, a better way. But ironically, that band lasted... The most recent band I was in lasted three years, but the high school one before with the same dude lasted longer. So, yeah, I guess, um, you know, life kind of just gets in the way of That's No matter things. what you plan, like, no matter what you anticipate, yeah. Yeah, life always, it always works to the point where life gets in the way, and you either, you either kind of do the thing that you were doing since high school with the same people, or you have to kind of branch off and do your own thing. So was it a pretty, like, amicable split? Like, yeah, is it, like, it wasn't hard feelings? Yeah. yeah. It was weird because, like, we'd all found out that we wanted to leave at one point. <laughs> uh, and that one point was probably a year ago before we yeah. kind of noticed it. Um, and I remember, like, just the singer of the band was like, yeah, I don't think, I don't really think I have the passion to do this anymore. And we were just like, well, we were like this a year ago, too. <laughs> Let's just go for it. So, um, yeah, we just, we literally just broke up, like, in March. We were just yeah. like, Let's just stop. Let's just stop. But we're all we're all still friends. I still see the, them every couple weeks. So was it uh, well, like your your instinct originally to do this as a side project and no lungs? Um, since you were doing it while you were technically still part of this other band, was it the instinct to do a different kind of music, or was it like frustration that it was you weren't producing as much as you wanted to? What, like what was the initial urge? Um, that's a great. That's kind of a good, a, a really great question. Um, 
because the band I was in, we were called Phantom Party. If anybody yeah. listens and wants to look it up, <laughs> stalk it. Um, we played a lot of like surf-influenced music, which is great. It's not the type of music that I was born listening to or music that I was expecting to honestly play. And they all know this. We all played in different types of music and so stuff. Was it more like, was it more Eileen's like Pepper 311 type stuff? Or was it like Agent Orange? Or it was like, like <laughs> we've gotten we've gotten a lot of, when we were just starting out, it was like the Ventures mixed with Morrissey as the singer. Um, and it turned, after like, toward the very end of it, it turned more surf punk. Uh-huh. And then toward the very, very end, it was like indie, like block party almost. Is what, okay. Yeah, so it was quite the evolution, but none of the, not much of an evolution that I wanted to really make I mean honestly like we'd make the music and I wouldn't listen to it it wasn't stuff that I would want to listen to so um, you were literally just kind of like laying down your track like okay this is the beat that goes with this so yes, there it is. pretty much so <laughs> like it, the utility stuff yeah yeah and then with no lungs it was just the music that I wanted to make we were in the middle of a break too um so I thought it was like the perfect opportunity to kind of get that interface that I spent 600 bucks on and just kind of put my own stuff to it and yeah so how how did that sound develop though so uh, how did it go into something that you no longer like were passionate about like where do you feel like you weren't like contributing like your voice to it was it kind of a passive thing on your part um yeah yeah it was very passive I mean especially like a lot of the early kind of times doing surf where it's like a very traditional like a boom gaka buka you can't really deviate too much from it um so a lot of it was really just kind of going through the motions and going through what like how did that happen if that's not how it began how did it what do you mean how did it develop into more of that surf sound like was that something that was like one person in the band's um like feelings like that was their vision for it oh yeah oh definitely yeah um it was really like i honestly i joined because i was going to be um just like a temp until they found a drummer that could do it um and then eventually I just kind of, we just kind of stuck. But yeah, I mean, it was especially like our singer um, and our bassist. They both really liked it, like the sound, the surf sound. Um, And originally, like I said, I was like, all right, I'll play with you guys for a few shows and then I'll go at it. Um, And then a few shows turned into like recording and then recording turned into playing out of state and stuff like that. So um, it wasn't the, you know, like I'd listen maybe here and there, but it wasn't something that I was thinking about doing for the rest of my life, that that genre, you know what I mean? So I know we're jumping around in time a little bit, but that makes me curious. So I know you've started to make this into more of a live project. You know, you're taking it away from the solo thing. Coming from that background, how do you approach recruiting people for drums and bass and rhythm guitar? Yeah, um, it, I really like when I do this, the no lungs thing. I really wanted to be like a revolving lineup. I I wanted to continue doing the things where I'm only doing the recordings because I have such a dead set vision on how I want them to go. I want to continue doing the recordings and I want people, the way that I went around it this first time, I have three like amazing people joining me this first kind of round. Um, And the way that that went around was they all play in different bands, which is fine because I'm like, do that as long as you can, you know, just learn the parts and play them almost (laughs) like the recordings. You can deviate and stuff like that. But... I'm not looking for anything more than just playing shows, maybe being in a couple pictures and stuff like that, but as far as like recording and stuff, leave it up to me type thing. Okay, so they're all coming into this knowing full well they're not like gonna really have creative input, like to a point. They're they're there to be like studio musicians essentially. Exactly, and that's kind of why I scout, if they're in another band that's great because I'm like, you already, you have your creativity as long as you have enough, if you have enough time to spare and want to jam a couple shows, let's do it. We go at it that way. Now was that, was that something that you had trouble finding people who fit that aesthetic for you? 
Um, honestly, it happened quicker than I thought. <laughs> uh, I, which is which is horrible because originally, like, I'm not the best at like talking to people or networking, which is something that, especially with the no lungs thing, I had to really like learn how to do, and I'm still learning how to do it. But with, when it came to like getting the other musicians to play in the band, it happened really quick. Um, one of them. Um, named Austin, another Austin. Um, he plays in a band locally, Hazardous for Humans. He reached out to me, kind of saying, if you need another guitar player. So I'm like, okay, cool. So we got another guitar player. And then the bassist and the drummer, who they, all, they play in separate bands too. The bassist, I don't know what band. Actually, the bassist just got out of his band. But the drummer, his name is Sam Etling. He plays in a, an act, it's called Sore Eyes. It's basically like acoustic music. So they came as kind of like a package deal, like bass and drums, which is great. So um, that's kind of how that put together. All together, it probably took like, from, from me saying I want to make this a live thing to our first practice, it probably took maybe like a week or two. It was super quick, super quick. Now did that, that practice uh, kind of process, was that you literally like transcribing things out for them or it was just like kind of play these parts and like as you, you do as I say? Yeah, I mean, I especially coming from playing live, I know that they're not, I, I don't expect them to play it note for note. Like yeah. I want them to kind of add their own little flair and stuff because I just know that as a musician, you don't want to play things note for note, yeah, you know? But yeah, I mean like that first practice, um, they knew the songs already. I was kind of going through the list. I was like, let's go and let's practice these four songs and make a set. Um, and so by the first practice, most of it was just like, okay, yeah, this is the one that goes like this. Oh, okay, cool. And then we jam it like that. So. so they were already familiar with the work? Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's jump back a little bit in time then. Okay. So, yeah, you've uh, you've gotten the interface. Like, you, did you get this with the idea that, like, I'm going to go buy this so I can make my own music? No. No? Nah, I got that with the idea of my band that I was playing drums in is, yeah. we want to make a record. We don't have anything else to make a record with you have to buy an interface because you wanted to start this record tomorrow and you're basically the only one that is able to do it. Everybody else has other kind of, like they all live outside. I'm, I'm just like, like they all live in different places. I, I still live at home. I have like a lot of kind of cash that I was saving up. So $600 to me was like, well, if I'm passionate about it, I'll just drop it. Okay. That's kind of how it worked. Um, and we did that record and it was great. And after that, I. Um, I just kind of let it float around like the music scene, like my bassist would do it, would have it, and the guitarist of another band would have it and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, I never really had an inclination to do my own stuff with it until probably like the end of that year. So probably like 10 months later, I was like, oh, maybe I should use this for my own. Funny. I feel like that <laughs> I like that it is going to be floated around because I feel like back in the day it was like whoever had the PA like your PA would go yeah. to like everybody who's on the thing and now it's the, the recording <laughs> I know that's amazing yeah uh, okay so you was there like a, a, a trigger moment for you then that, that you had the epiphany of like I'm just gonna do this myself yeah <laughs> uh, the end no um, no um, yeah I mean I just kind of got restless. I mean, we in this other band, we played a, a short run of shows in California, and we were all burnt out. We did not like how, like, we all talked about it. We did not like how they turned out um, and our performance and everything like that. So we took a break in November. December rolls around, and we're still on that break. I kind of thought we'd, you know, regroup by then. Um, and I just remember it being, like, mid-December, a couple days before Christmas, and I was like, I was like, I got to start doing my own thing. At that point, it was kind of like... 
and I, I kind of look a little too far into things because I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm living at home, I'm doing all this. Our guitarist um, slash singer or whatever, he's got life that it's starting. He's, he wants to go to college, he wants to go to university and all that stuff. Totally cool. Our bassist has a girlfriend who moved in with her. He's got this job that's 50 hours a week. And I'm like thinking of myself, thinking and I'm being honest and I'm like, I'm not sure if this is going to work. Yeah. And I was like, well, I got to get a head start because I want to really kind of go hard at this for a long time. So that's when the No Lungs thing started out was kind of realizing that maybe it's the end of this other band and maybe it's time to actually start doing what I want, making the music I want to make. That's an interesting position to be in, I feel like, where you're looking at these people and you're like, okay, like, their priorities are changing, like, you can't really fault them for it, you know, it's like, alright, power to them, do what you gotta do, but then, like, it's, their lives are affecting you because you've made this commitment together. And yeah. so that's, that's, I don't know, that's an interesting position to be in. I feel like uh, it's kind of odd to see that position and see that kind of fall apart and you just have to be like making these arrangements for yourself ahead of time. Yeah. Were you pretty open about that no. with them? No. Here's the thing. <laughs> I wasn't at all. And I feel like that's the way that I want, and, and, I mean, I feel like, no, that's definitely the way I wanted it to be because number one is it was my first time doing a lot of these things, like especially singing. Um, I was never comfortable with my voice at all. Um, I tried to do it a couple other times with different projects, like singing in it, and I'd always listen back and I would be so uncomfortable with it. Um, and it wasn't until like I listened to, you know, I really listened to artists like, like Kurt Cobain, like Nirvana and stuff like that, and, and Mudhoney, the way I realized you don't have to have the best voice to do this at all. And so when I was really kind of starting it and, and going at like the no lungs thing and starting it, I didn't tell anybody. Um, and the, the moment that I posted about that first album was the moment my band knew and the moment that everybody else besides two people knew that no lungs was even a thing and neither of them were in my band. I just did that because I, um, I feel like it would have really stifled what I wanted to do, especially that early in the game, if you know, if I had the wrong influences around me. Not saying that they're bad influences, but almost like a conflict of interest. So, um, yeah, nobody, they didn't know about it at all until until I was like, yo, got this Instagram. I, I built up, especially like on Instagram too, I built that up. So by the time they realized it, that Instagram already had like 800, 900 followers. And they were like, you were just doing this under the table. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, not, not, they didn't really care too much about it, but it was just like, yeah, I didn't tell anybody about it. It was very secret. That's, that's probably for the best, I guess. I know you kind of wrote a little bit about it on your, your website and stuff about why you decided to go about that way, mm -hmm. just kind of uh, to make sure that you weren't influenced by anything. And I think that's, that's kind of a good way to do it. And it seems really kind of counterintuitive to what a lot of musicians do. I feel like a lot of musicians are like, we got to get out there like we have to make sure people know who we are from the beginning like don't hold anything back and uh you uh, <laughs> it's a yeah it's yeah the whole no lungs thing is counterintuitive that i i kind of think um it's it's weird because like when you're in a local band especially you the way that you the the traditional way that you want to go about it is you want to get big in your local scene and then you want to spread and tour and stuff like that like with the no lungs thing how counterintuitive that is is I started adding people like from our, like around the world, around the world, and starting it from that point, and then moving before we even played any local shows. It was like people were like, "Yo, come to Chicago, come to Canada, come to Australia." I was like, "All right, there's that." And then the second thing, I guess, is 
when you're in a, a local band, which, I mean, this is the traditional way to go around it. I'm not bashing it or anything, but, like, you want to hype your album. You want to you wanna take months and months, put out a single. With the No Lungs thing, it's like, I put out this album five months later. Hey, here's ten more songs. Here's another falling. I'm, it's just, it's really counterintuitive, but I feel like the other sense is I'm, I'm doing it number one for myself and I don't want to sit on music and I don't want to wait too much and I'm like well here's here's 10 more songs I finished so I can move on and do that well I feel like that's something that you see a lot more nowadays too in like the rap game and, and like all the SoundCloud rappers who pretty much exclusively release their stuff online and like they don't they didn't start off doing any kind of live stuff and I think that's that's kind of the new way to do it and that a lot of uh, it's it's weird that rap went that way and like kind of the rock and the indie scene and stuff they're still kind of stuck in that past thing of like you gotta hit the bricks you gotta go like meet bouncers you gotta go meet people who can maybe get you in meet bookers promoters um and do it all face to face but by doing this like you already have the fan base you don't have to tell people to like check out our instagram after the show like you have those instagram people already coming to you and because you're releasing all your content online as well um I don't know, you kind of missed a step, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of going at it as much as I can, and I'm like, and here's the thing, too, and it, it's, I'm not trying to bash or anything, but I, I don't like, I don't like being teased too much. If someone posts, like, a minute video of, like, a clip of something, right then and there, I want to see the whole thing. I'm not sure where I'm going to be in another month or two. You know what I mean? So with that, I'm like, well, here, here, here's the product. Here's, here it is. If you want to take two, three months until you get around to it, that's fine. Just know that it's there. I'm not holding it from you. There it is. And maybe in the future, it'll change. Like, maybe in the future, I'll be like, I'm really going to take months and months to hype this thing up but right now I think even knowing that I'm only really number one is I'm only really just doing it for myself um, and it's great that other people are kind of like around helping me but um, I'm I'm just always in the position where it's like I just want to I just want to put as much out as I can and there's even more coming too like in yeah. July I'm just like alright here's more stuff coming yeah I feel like this is me maybe like reading too much into it and talking out loud too much but I feel like it's like the Netflix mindset of music where it's like it used to be you know you get an episode of a TV show every single week you know and you like it's week by week uh, let's see what happens yeah. next and keep people in yeah. where it's Netflix it's like this is the season like take it as you will and I feel like they're doing the same thing with like your albums it's like this is everything yeah. I have take your own time to watch it I know that you'll come back I, like I know that you'll appreciate it and do it on your yeah. own time. Yeah. And that's definitely like that's definitely like a car seat headrest thing. Yeah. He puts up he put up so many albums so quick and that's kind of what I wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. ten albums in a span of a couple of years. I was like, I wanna I want to do that, so I just kind of, I'm just going at it at that point. Now, is there, because I mean, the, in, in theory, that sounds like super exciting to do, but I mean, as far as like actual content creation, are you worried about burning out, or do you feel like you have material pretty easily burning Um, well, I don't know. I mean, that's another thing where it's like, I'm kind of taking it as it goes along. Right now, I don't feel like I've burned out yet. Um, it's still early in the game, and I'm still, you know, I've got more songs written kind of in the pocket that I'm just trying to work out, but... Um, in the case that I feel, you know, stu- like I like I, writer's block or something like that, yeah. that, that's cool too. I'll just take a little longer <laughs> and then put out another one. I don't really mind it too much um, as far as like that aspect is concerned. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I well, guess we'll find out. Well, how about for these first two albums? I mean, when it came to uh, putting them together, did you was it a matter of like you had all the songs written and it was like piecing them together thematically, or was it something where you kind of just wrote one song and then it kind of led to another and another and another? Yeah. The fir- well, the first one, um, it's weird kind of talking about them almost like two separate because they're only like months apart but they're so different i guess the first one these threads lead somewhere that's the name of it that's the one where a lot of the songs that i had for that were like especially like the guitarists and stuff like that were written like years like maybe a year or two prior to that so at that point the only real thing was i had the arrangement in my head and the structure the only real thing for me was putting lyrics over them and that was basically the whole thing there wasn't much to kind of like arrange because they've been arranged years in the past um i guess the only two songs on that the the big thing was there's one song on there. Like 13 minutes. That's 13 minutes. That took a while to arrange. But by a while, it really only means like a couple of days. So it's not it's not that huge thing. But yeah, that's kind of how that one was. And it's much more like it's like much more like poppy. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, and then the second one, I guess, um, is all new stuff. And by new, it's like I didn't write any of this stuff. Um, I wrote it all after the first one. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I guess that one was just kind of like, in in a sense, I feel like it kind of like, I always kind of thought of it was like, um, the first one it deals more a lot about like people and like platonic and relationships and stuff like that, which is fine. A lot of that, the lyrics and that stuff is just kind of me riffing things off the top of my head. Whereas the second one is more like, it might still deal with that, but it deals more like the situations that they're in instead of just the people in question. It deals more, it's much more like a situational album. Like, instead of saying like, you know, I got I got in a fight with somebody, this song is like four minutes and it's like, we went back and forth so long, I shut down. Like, just stuff like that. I'm like, let's deal with the situation more than the people. So, um, and it's kind of crazy how like, for me at least, over the span of like a, a month or two, it kind of transformed into that type of writing. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just that's just kind of how it went along. So I guess the the second one is all new stuff to me, yeah. whereas the first one it almost feels like it was pre-written. Do you feel like you would have written "Never Live the Sound" without uh, all these friends somewhere? Like, do you feel like you this this second album would be what it is if you hadn't written the first album with all that pre-written stuff? Oh yeah, "Never Live It Down" was like my my big thing. Like the first one, I was. The first one was like great, and yeah. like if I had these both, if I had both of them, I'd say like these are my babies, like both of them, love them equally. But um, these that lead somewhere is much more pop, and I like I like pop yeah. music, but I feel like that was a little a little bit more poppy than I expected it to be, and I didn't realize it until I was listening back to it maybe like a month later. I was like, this is actually like pop songs with like distortion on them. Um, with never live it down. It was more like, I just, I was always yearning to write something like darker and kind of make things that kind of like intertwine together, um, which is something that like when you're playing in another band, it's, it, people might not agree with the, with it, with it at all. They might, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of how that went was like the second one. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna, it would have happened either, you know, sooner or later. I'm kind of glad that it happened on the second one instead of the first one though. Which is cool. Do you think the songwriting uh, would have been affected if there would have been a bigger gap in between records? Like, do you think it would have changed the way you you approached the second one? Mm, 
Maybe. But I don't like to, I don't really think too much about it. I think especially like the second one because I am always like going hard and, and writing. And I mean, I'm, you know, a lot of musicians a lot of musicians are kind of like you know like they don't listen to their own music. I, I listen to my own music all the time. You gotta support yourself. I listen back to it, and you know, some of it is like to me like I'm not I wouldn't consider myself like a songwriter in any sense. But like I listen back to it, I'm like this, those are really like. Those are really good songs that you wrote, Austin. Like those are those are fine. Like not like you gotta kinda give yourself credit where it's You're due. Like leaving comments on your band camp. Like great yeah. job, Austin. Great job. Here's five more dollars. <laughs> I just keep looping it on the Spotify to get like ten cents. <laughs> I made a whole dollar right now. No, but like um I don't know. I don't think it would have been I mean it might have been affected. I feel like with time there's more situations, there's more experiences and stuff like that. But at the same time I feel like that's why it's kind of called a record. It's like a record of your life at that point. So I guess we'll find out later down the line. Um, now, how did how did that confidence develop for you? Because I know you said at first like singing was a, a threshold you were not yeah. really ready to cross. Like how did you eventually get to the point where you felt good about what you were doing and you felt like you had, you know, a distinctive voice and stuff to use? Yeah. Um that's wow I mean like with that I like I said I mean I started in different I started I tried to do it in different bands and I listened back and I was like I don't really like how this sounds at all and I I just I didn't like the voice at all I kind of realized um, in December when I was like I'm gonna start doing my own music and stuff um, it didn't help that no lungs originally started acoustic yeah. so I was like this voice is gonna shine through like a needle in a haystack so get used to it is kind of what I was thinking of and I was like well Another thing is kind of like, if I'm doing it for myself, I'm not really going to care at all. You know, I'm going to learn to like this voice because this is all I have. Um, and with that, another, the last thing that I kind of realized that really, that really got me to, to enjoy kind of like the voice and like where I'm going with it is I realized that there's an audience for anything. So, I mean, even if I'm doing it for myself and putting it online, there is there's still that thing in the background where I'm following people on Instagram and I'm trying to see like if, if it's like if it's fine or not and um, it was especially like with things like Instagram where like you'd get so much like you'd get I, I'd get like like comments and engagement and stuff like that and that's only kind of like how it works after you add so many people eventually someone's gonna say something about your stuff but um, after getting like comments and, and just things like that on, on like a song or two that I put up then I was like, all right, well, this is, you know, if I, this is fine. This is yeah. fine. This is how I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, and it's weird because like, like not yet, but I know it's going to happen in the future. I know it. I have not gotten a complaint on the voice yet, which is good, but it's going to happen, but not yet. So do you think it helps to, <laughs> do you think it helped to start off online? Like, was there kind of a little bit of a buffer knowing that like you weren't starting off like at a house show where it was going to be like 30 people looking right at you as you're trying to sing. Oh yeah. Oh dude. No, no, definitely. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah. I was just like, I'm not going to do it at a house show. And number two is, is that's how my, that's, that's how a lot of bands are and stuff like that. And I totally get it. I was in bands that did that too. But like, another thing is, I don't know. I, I'm such like, a, I'm such like a, a critic when I listen to myself <laughs> talk because I'm like, I heard your song. That's great. Where can I listen to it? And then I realize, oh, it's not out yet. Well, I want to listen to it. So I feel like, especially with the No Longs thing, it's like, I want to play songs that I have out. That way, if someone wants to listen to it, I can direct them to an album to listen to it on. I, there's no way I would have been able to do it at a house show. Because number one, the voice. I can't do the voice. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been comfortable with it. I, I need to hear it like on a record. And number two is, if someone did like the song, it'd like kill me to say, like, I don't have it 
out yet. Interesting. You know what I mean? Because yeah. again, I think that does go back to like for the longest time you you played like touring shows and stuff until you had enough money to record an album. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way you did it. But like, yeah. Your philosophy yeah. is like, why would I play a live show if I don't have like merch to sell? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like especially. And the funny thing is, we still don't have merch to sell. We don't have physical like shirts or anything. The best we I can say records, is yeah, listen. But like, yeah, I mean, that's really how it is. And that's the thing. It's like, it's like, I saw this. I saw Not a Surf last night in California, and one of their one of their kind of banter's was like, they played this album Let Go from front to back, and between the songs there was a banter and it was pretty much like exactly what you said it was like we we used to be on this big label we got kicked off the label our second album tanked we distributed our second album years later and then we saved up merch money and we paid for the studio in ones and fives to get this let go album made and i was like that's the coolest thing but in this day if you have like an interface and you're cool with the quality and like the bedroom like what i'm going for you can you can have an idea and make it work the next day, and if you're like me, you can be fine with it. So that's kind of how I'm going at it right now. That's and so with with um, like playing all the other parts and stuff as well, not just the singing and stuff. I mean, yeah. was it uh, something you had to get comfortable with with like the guitar and the bass as well, or like how did you how did you know when you were ready to kind of like thread it all together? I guess. Yeah. Um, Thread it all. You mean like like all the like different live? Like, tracks to it? No, like literally like um, when you're you're going in and recording something. Like I think oh. a, I think a, a wall that a lot of people come up with okay. when they're when they're doing the DIY thing is like I'm I know I've got drums, but I'm not that great a bass. You know that yeah. type of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally get it now. Yeah, um, the bass especially is always the the last thing I record besides the vocals. So it's yeah. usually just drums, guitar, and then bass, mm-hmm. and then vocals. Um, so I usually start with the guitar and, and, and like having that kind of drum mindset where it's like I started off on drums, I know almost immediately how I want the drums to go when I'm playing the riff. So those get done kind of immediately. Um, and then from there, when it comes to like actually laying the bass down and stuff like that, that's usually where I thought it would be way more troublesome to like actually write bass parts, but like... A lot of them are a lot of them are like easy, like super easy. It's a thousand bassists are like yelling at their thing. Right like it's either follows the guitar. Sometimes there's like a slide or maybe an octave up or something. But like a lot of times, I'm like, well, like there's there's layers and layers of guitars. So I'm like, you know, the basses. If it follows the guitar, that's fine. I don't really mind it that much. I think much. it's more guitar forward just because that's like your instrument. And like that. Yeah, and like just guitar and drums were like basically my main gigs for a long time. I mean, this is the first band where I'm standing up in the front, which is weird. Um, actually playing guitar instead of playing drums and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how they work out. So it's it's usually like a riff. Like if I write something like on guitar, the drums follow soon after. And then even after that, I usually, by that time, by the time I'm beginning to record, I already have uh, the vocals, kind of like the melody, how I want it to go. And I have the drums, how I want it to go. And um, how I want the guitar to go. So putting on the bass, it's almost like, it's it's super like easy. It kind of goes quick. The only problem that I sometimes have with bass is after playing it for a long time, after playing bass and recording for a long time, it starts to hurt like this side. Like I have like this super like thin almost like fingers and get stuff. Get locked in that. Like, yeah. yeah. So sometimes I'm like, I hope I get this on the first shot <laughs> <laughs> because if not, I'm gonna have to take five minutes and walk back and do this. <laughs> Yeah. That's uh, what, well, so yeah, with the live thing too. I mean, uh, that's another step. I feel like it was probably uh, took a little bit to get to and stuff. So once you like had these people recruited and you know you were you were ready to go. I mean, how did you 
how did you approach that first live show? Yeah, that first live show was at a house in Tempe. So it was it was a really like I was like, yo, let's try to get as tight as we can. But at the same time, it's like if a house show like people are like there's there's beer like they're here to party. They're not here to see too much. They don't mind if if we fuck up a little bit. So yeah, that first show um, was it was I feel like we played really great. I feel like my performance might have been a little better because um, I didn't because I've never played on like the stage like a stage. I've never played like like in front of people before, and the lights went off, and I was like, "Well, I can't see any of these frets." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, here we go." <laughs> I was like, "Yikes!" I'm not like. There's a lot of times where I can like kind of feel like, "Oh, this is like yeah. the fourth fret. This is it." But like, I don't know what happened once those lights went off. I was all like, "All right, where am I at?" Oh, <laughs> this is the, the guitar. Okay. I was like, "This is how is it plugged in?" But like, um, yeah. So I mean. That first show was crazy, and even threading it together to play like the first show, um, I, I just remember like when we first got together. Prior to that, the songs that I really wanted us to get down, and even with that, I was like, hey, if, I mean, like I know, like Sam, you play drums, but are there any songs you want to learn and do? Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a hundred percent like we have to play these songs right now. I, I'm, I'm totally open to say like, oh, you like this song? Let's play it. Stuff like that. Um, so the first one, what they wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was we wanted to do that 15, that 13 minute song. Yeah. And we were like, all right, we'll do it. Because that way we'd play that and we'd have three songs and that's 30 <laughs> minutes. So that's our whole set. Um, so especially when it came to like threading that song together, it was just like, it was just, it was like so yeah. grueling almost. <laughs> just like, all right, we're going to take it part by part by part. And by the time that first show rolled around, um, I feel like we were pretty well prepared. Um, we were pretty. I, I feel like we were well prepared for that first show. Then shows after that, um, for a short time, I feel like we got. We shouldn't have, but I feel like we got settled in a little too much on that on that high from the first show. So we were like, "That's like that was such a good first show." And then the second show, um, I was talking to a drummer and he was like, "Yeah, we, I was dragging so hard that second show." And I was like, "All right, it's it's cool." And then we played in Flagstaff a couple times and we'd like. Um, the first time we played in Flagstaff was crazy because we like we missed cues and I'd have to like I'd be like oh we're playing the verse oh no we're going into the chorus okay well now I gotta sw now I gotta scratch these verses and go straight into the words in the chorus and stuff like that so um, we got settled in a lot so we didn't we didn't particularly suck our first show we sucked the shows after that is pretty much how how we we win. Um, can't do anything the traditional way. <laughs> we really can. We really can. Um, and then we played in Flagstaff again like last week, and we were. I feel like we redeemed it. And then we played that last Phantom Party show, a, like a couple days after, and I feel like we did pretty well. So I think we're back on our feet, but I, we just can't get settled in this time. <laughs> I do want to talk about you know, a little bit of time. I want to talk about marketing a little bit, like how you how you went about it, because um, I think that's something a lot of people, um, when they go into an artistic endeavor, they, they don't necessarily think about that much, or they're not really sure where to start with it. So how did you approach just getting yourself out there, especially the way that you did? Yeah, okay. Number one, I, I don't know how to market. <laughs> don't, don't, this is just one story. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, with how I did it was, there's this book, this is really good book, and it's by Ari Herstand, and it's called How to Make It in the New Music Business. It's huge. It's like 450 pages going through pretty much almost step-by-step step if you wanted to, you know, 
market your album. There's a chapter on that. If you wanted to try to play college shows and get paid a bunch of money in universities, there's a, a chapter on that. So a lot of that was kind of showing me how I wanted to go about things. And I started on Instagram. I mean, you can start anywhere else. You can start on Facebook. You can start on Twitter. But I found with me, it's, it's a little tougher to do that when without paying money. Um, on Instagram, it's easy because you can just slip through the bands you think you sound like and follow, 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 follow. And then what I found is if people followed me back, if, if a nice amount of people followed me back, then I hit the right audience. And I was like, okay, cool. Or, or actually, it was more like if people actually said something like commented and stuff like that, like the actual engagement. If they engaged, I was like, okay, this is like I hit the right. I kind of I hit that one pretty well. Taking um, that one extra step beyond just like click the follow back. Yeah, and another thing, like, so then there's bands that, that I think I sound like, like, I think I sound like, sometimes I'd be like, well, car seat headrest, let's go there, and then nobody would follow you back, or, or, or some would follow you back, but they wouldn't engage or anything like that, so it's it's almost like, oh, okay, maybe I didn't, maybe I shouldn't continue doing that, maybe I should look more into this band and do that, what was working before, um, and I think another thing, with especially like with marketing, and the way that I'm doing No Lungs, which is different than how I did it with any other band that I've been in is I really want to be as transparent as I can like and, it, and it, even from the get-go I mean like I get complaints from like people that I'd follow and they'd be like well you're just gonna unfollow me you're using me for like land development you like blah 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 so the I one of the second or third things I posted on Instagram was just a minute of me saying hi my name's Austin I'm doing this no lungs thing I'm following you if you if you get a follow it's because you know I found you on this page and I'm you know I would love it if you listen to this um, and it was amazing how much people actually valued that video because they were like well you know you know what I'm going through you know that I'm getting just another follow from a band but it was more than that it was more like like I was like hey listen to it please there's a reason that I'm following you I'm not just going through a list and and doing this 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 I mean I'm going through a list but like I'm following you because I feel like you might like what I'm doing yeah. um, and I just really um, another thing I guess with marketing and, and music and stuff like that um, is kind of more how you treat the people that listen to it too um, like I try my best to like respond to every message, even if it's something like as as even if it's something mean. Like if it, I remember, I got one message where he was just ripping me a new one, and um, he didn't give he didn't you know, like follow me or anything. He probably just found the page and just hit like yeah. it was just like, <clears throat> um, and I mean like I'd respond to that too. I'd be like, hey man, I'm sorry you don't like what I'm what I'm doing. I mean I'm gonna continue doing it, but I appreciate that you took the time to tell me that my guitar sucks <laughs> but um you know stuff like that uh engage with your with the people that listen to it i guess would be like another marketing tip i mean i even with your question i was like like one of the questions at the end i asked i was all like hey i'm gonna be on this podcast on sunday i saw you like crowdsourced it, yeah i was like what's one piece of advice that you would work i got a bunch of dms i didn't get too many comments on it but dm dms is fine with me um and i was like well let's see let's see what people think um because I, I don't know, I don't want it to be just me is something that I realize. Like, I'm making it for just me, so it sounds kind of <laughs> counterintuitive or, or, or yeah. um, stereot weird. But, like, um, at the same time, I was like, well, if you're listening to it, I want you to kind of be a part of it, too, type thing. I think, yeah, I, I, I like that approach a lot. I think that, yeah, people do see, like, the humanity in it, like, adding that extra layer of, like, it's actually you, like, talking to these people and reaching out and stuff. Because you're right, like... I, 
I have you know bands and stuff follow the page and and say like hey man great stuff check out my thing and like yeah. if you just give me like a post like that that's clearly like copy pasted I'm yeah. a thousand percent less likely to actually listen to your stuff yeah so <laughs> like it's way more it's way way more um, it's it's kind of for me it's like a smarter way to go about it if if like if, like when I was talking to you I was like I want to make sure like I actually like what he's doing before I say something <laughs> like if I'm going on something and like which is great like thank you for having me on I'm, I'm stoked but <laughs> but like there's so many people that really want to get on something just to post the link yeah. but I'm like I want to be able to I, I just want to be able to do something to be on something that I can like honestly listen to a lot and something that I enjoy and I heard the one with the sink or swim because oh, we right, used to play shows yeah, with them yeah, um, and I was like okay this is this is actually really cool and like interesting so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hit this up and see how that works yeah, um, shout out to Lou and Nate and all and the Lou and Nate um, and I forgot the other guy <laughs> we'll cut this part. So, cut it. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, one last thing I like to ask too, because yeah. um, I'm curious, and I feel like there's a couple different schools of thought on this about how to approach it. But I mean, you did mention that um, you uh, you are still kind of living at home, and it gave you like the ability to save up a little bit, and gave you the ability to kind of record yeah. morning to night. So, I mean, do you ever feel? I guess what is your feelings on that? Do you feel like that's something that you you try not to take for granted, like just knowing that you kind of have that ability to do that? Or is that something that you think could potentially hold other people back, like not having access to that? Kind of. I mean, like there was. I, I'm trying not to take it for granted, and there's even a time where I wanted to. Before the no lungs thing started, especially, I was dead set on moving out this year. I was like, we're going to, hanging out with my friend Andrew, I'm like, we're going to move out. 2018, summer, we're doing it. Summer rolls around, um, you know, besides other stuff that kind of happened at home that I needed to deal with. Um, he, I just remember he hits me up like like last a couple weeks ago, and he's all like, hey, so we're going to start looking at apartments. And I was like, Whoa. I was like, well... <laughs> sorry I, I, I don't think I can do it um, and I think like the no lungs thing especially like if I lived somewhere else like an apartment or something I mean n- depending on where it is I'd have to make the commute home I'd have to just go home and play drums and then leave like I, c- I couldn't wake up and be like I'm gonna walk five feet and record this drum track and and knowing me like especially sometimes like it, it's tough like I'm like following people on Instagram that's easy because my phone's right next to me but sometimes it's tough getting out of bed and actually doing that stuff so um and like even like making a drive somewhere it's like yeah. ah like I gotta go do this <laughs> I gotta go record but like um yeah so I mean being at home and actually being this close to all of my gear and stuff and stuff like that it's like it's fine. Like I, I'm, I'm not taking it for granted. But I think another thing is the people that don't under that don't understand, the people that are like quick to move out, yeah. kind of don't get it. Like, um, it's like, 22 years old. Like a lot of my friends have moved out by now. You know, it's kind of how it works. But I'd much rather stay at home and save up as much as I can, spend it on like I don't know merch and stuff that I'm getting like down the line, as opposed yeah. to like a rent right now. Because I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, I don't have many people to impress. I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine doing this. But, yeah. There's definitely, like, depending on kind of, like, I'm not trying to go on a tangent. Like, I'm, I'm over after this last thing. But I guess depending <laughs> on, like, the situation that you're in, if you, you know, if you're in a situation like mine where you just want to record and you just want to do, you want to do, kind of put as much money into the music thing as you can. 
Use your resources. Use your resources and especially use your age. Like 22, this is this is a fine time to do it. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you can move out. I know people that are 25 that still live at home and they're totally, you know, fine with it. So I'm just like, it's easy to kind of look at other people and say like, they're ahead or like say that you're behind on the curve, but the curve's different for everybody. It's kind of something that took a second to realize for me. I love that. That's that time to ask the last couple questions I like to ask. First and foremost, um, any other artist in town, doesn't have to be music, just anybody that you want to give a shout out to, some recognition to. Yeah, um, I'll give a, a shout to a few people. Um, number one, I guess, would be like the people I play in the band with would probably yeah. be a good idea. Um, so uh, Austin and Sam and yeah, your Austin, Sam and Noah. Um, Austin plays in a band called Hazardous for Humans, um, and they're pretty sick. I'm filling in on drums with them right now, and they've gotten just tighter and tighter as we've kind of gone along. Um, Sam plays in Sore Eyes. Um, it's kind of an acoustic project, um, and he's he's just a great dude. Noah, he used to play in a couple bands, but he doesn't anymore. Um, but I think he's starting one up, so that's pretty cool. I don't know the name of it or anything, um, and I guess. I guess other than that, I'll give a shout to, her name is Nad, Natalie, I always mess up her last name, it's Natalie Fit, Fitch or something like that, I don't know, she took the cover of the um, Never Live It Down, that photo, yeah. and I loved it, she's not necessarily from around town right now, but she's moving back, um, uh, and she's, she's just a really good photographer, I don't know, like, what she's gonna do, like, around here, she's probably gonna put it in, like, galleries and stuff like that, but if that, you know, if she does that, goes that direction, like, it's great. If anybody here does photography or stuff, that's worthwhile to go to as yeah. well. Um, shouts to them. Yeah. Love it. All right. Um, any personal projects, websites, anything you want to plug? Yeah. Um, uh, no Lungs has a second album out. You probably haven't listened to the first one, everybody, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's everywhere. I mean, you can go on Spotify or Apple Music, just search No Lungs. Um, it's called Never Live It Down, and the first one's called These Threads Lead Somewhere. Um, they both came out a couple months apart, so um, there's a lot of a lot of good... A lot of music. It might be good. I and don't know. Listen to, to it. To buy the whole album, it's, it's a Name Your Price album, right? It's, it's like, Name Your Price, yeah. So, like, if you want to download it for free, that's fine. Just put a zero in that box and you'll be able to do it. Nolungs.bandcamp.com is where you'll be able to, like, you'll be able to, like, name your price and stuff. Other than that, it's everywhere streaming. And you have a couple videos and stuff on your website, too, right? Yeah, I got a couple videos. Um, all, all DIY, all homemade. Um, just the way I like it. Day, you know? I know. You know, that's kind of how you do it. That's kind of how you go about it. Right, so, uh, all right, last thing I'd like to ask, um, since you got some DMs about it, we'll see what you uh, pulled from the, from the masses. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if you had to give a piece of advice to somebody trying to, you know, do something like you're doing, you know, taking those first steps, what one piece of advice would, would you want to give them? Yeah, um, I got a lot from, like, a, a nice amount of people, but I think the number one that um, kind of sticks out to me is... Where's the one? Where's the one at? Is this one? There was one person on um, Instagram that kind of, kind of had an idea of what I wanted to say too. So we kind of like connected on that one. What's their at? We'll give them a shout out. It's um. I think. Hold on. I think it's private. I guess we'll see. It's oh, okay. woohoo. Dot G E V. Her name is Greta. <laughs> okay. Um, and what she said was definitely to never give up, even when the world makes you feel like you should. And I think that's that kind of encompasses what I. What I'm kind of going at too is what I was originally going to say was like try not to listen to anybody that's going to deter you from yeah. or try to take you away from what you want to do. And um, they both, you know, that one and what I had in my head almost connected. 
like that. Oh, so yeah, never give up even when the world makes you feel like you should. That's a t-shirt right there. That's great. I know, right? I'm taking that Jev or whatever. I forgot her name already. I was like, but. all right. Uh, no lungs, Austin Ryan. Thanks so much, man. Thank you so much for having me. Special thanks to Nick Machete for writing our theme music and Taylor Machete for all of her support. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, don't forget to follow us and leave nice ratings on Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Pinecast.co. And if you or someone you know is pursuing something artistic in the Phoenix area and you'd like to be on the podcast, write to me at starvingartistphx at gmail.com.